intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. She bobbles it and now has to try and recover. Deshaun Jackson gets a block. Are you kidding? Steps into it. Pass is Hello and welcome to the 23rd episode of The Master Plan. I am your host, Michael Filipkowski, and today we have a good one for you. As I'm sure you already know, this episode's on David Ortiz, and luckily we have the biggest Red Sox fan I know. At least I, I think he's the biggest Red Sox fan I know. Nate Icky is joining us here today um, on this rainy day, April 13th. So Nate... Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. All right. So, yeah. Now, Nate, I think he's, I don't know, Nate, do you know how many Red Sox games you've been to? Um, I don't know. A lot. He's been to a lot. Almost, I feel like, you know, half the, when it, when it starts to get spring and when, when opening day, you know, happens, I feel like Nate has at least got missed a, like a couple days of school. And I know he's been to at least one one parade uh, during the school year, and that's from oh, what yeah. I know. I'm sure I'm sure he's been to a couple more, um, but that's just for Boston. But I know he's he's a huge Red Sox fan, so I I, I felt that it was fitting uh, to have him come and join me for this David Ortiz episode because it's going to be a good one, and I'd like to review David Ortiz's career. Um, and kind of what he did for the city of Boston. Because I think it is important, and I think he did kind of change uh, Boston sports in, in kind of a, a prominent way. So with that being said, let's get right into it. So now a lot of you probably don't know, David Ortiz was number 34 for the Red Sox, and he was, I don't know, Nate, I think he's you know one of the clutchest hitters of all time. You know, what, what's, your, what's your take on that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think... Uh... Just there's something about when the game's on the line, he just he just comes through time after time, and it's just really amazing to see. It all started like as soon as he got to the Red Sox, um, mm-hmm. he just started having big hit after big hit, and it just continued throughout his whole career. Right, because he you know at, at first he played for Minnesota for six years, and he didn't have like a ton, he, he, didn't, he didn't have a bad career with Minnesota, but it wasn't anything like the career that he had with the Red Sox. Um, and basically, and, and as you said. As soon as he kind of came to the Red Sox, that's when he started to, you know, become the clutchest, the clutch man that we all know. Obviously, there are so many moments where we could point to and we could say, man, that's a really clutch moment. You know, obviously, the Grand Slam versus the Detroit Tigers, you know, when they were down five to one. It's just one example off the top of my head of where David Ortiz literally comes through, um, you know, when when all hope is pretty much lost. And. Uh, you know, when we talk about him as a player, um, you know, he doesn't, he, you know, I feel like maybe he doesn't get enough credit, you know, for what he did because people just, you know, he's a DH. So people don't take, take, you know, take him as seriously as they, as they should, I think. Um, but that's, but that's kind of how baseball is. I would say, I would say that, you know, the whole game of baseball, you know, you have obviously in the NL, you have a whole league where they don't even have a DH. Right. And most players field. So I, I think that there's there is some some bias when we talk about David Ortiz, because people just feel like because he didn't play in the field, you know, he doesn't deserve to have, 
you know, any type, any as high of an uh, award or acclamation as, as other people. And Nate, what do you think about that? Um, you know, a DH versus a, a player who plays in the field. What, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously it takes some skill to be playing in the field. Like, it's definitely, it's definitely a great talent to have but i don't think it really takes away from from david ortiz i mean he's just such a great hitter better than so many others Um, like i just don't think that the fact that he couldn't play in the fields really changes anything because i mean there's a reason he was in the american league Mm -hmm. playing as the dh right like there's a reason there is a dh right Um, that's true that's true and so i just i just think he's it doesn't it doesn't take anything away from him right right um, so he had seven Silver Slugger awards, which I don't know if that's – I know that's a lot. Um, he played 20 seasons, so you're winning seven Silver Slugger awards. You know, that means you're winning, you know, one nearly every other season. Um, you know, he had a 55.3 win, wins above replacement, which is ridiculous. I mean, you know, we talk about stats in baseball. Baseball really is a stats game. And there, and there are so many good stats out there, but war is probably one of the best to determine how good a player actually is. And, you know, to have a, a war of 55 is, is ridiculous. Um, you know, he had a career batting average of 286, um, you know, which is really, really good. Um, you know, it's not over 300, but a career batting average of 286 is, is incredible. And he hit over, you know, <laughs> he had 541 home runs. So it's just incredible that someone could do all of that um, in, in, you know, in, in a 20-year career, which wasn't short, but... It was impressive to say the least. I would say, um, Nate. So when when Big Poppy crossed the the five hundred home run uh, uh, a threshold, what what were you thinking? Because that was obviously towards the end of his career. Um, but what's your opinion on you know him as a player? You know his WAR and, and all that. Like what's your what's what your what are your thoughts about his whole career? Well, yeah, I definitely remember the the moment when he hit his five hundredth home run. I actually was at a bar mitzvah so i wasn't wasn't watching the game but um mm-hmm. i remember getting the notification on my phone and just getting really excited right i just remember all the all the games leading up to 500 just having like the the countdown and we're just really excited because you knew he was going to get there mm-hmm. um it was just a magic time mm-hmm. but yeah i think definitely like his stats have been incredible um just like the way he's been really consistent throughout his whole career right um and even, even when he got older, like, he played until he was 40 years old, right. uh, which is rare these days. Mm-hmm. And um, in his last season, I think he still hit, like, 35 home runs and drove right. in, like, 120 runs or something, which is just insane. Right. Um, arguably the best season by a 40-year-old ever. <laughs> right, you know. Um, I mean, you know, you don't see that many baseball players in general playing that playing that long and especially at, at the high level that he was playing at. And, you know, I, I think I think a lot of baseball players, um, they don't get enough credit because, you know, in just as a sport in general, people see it as, as you know, a sport where, you know, a guy who weighs 350 pounds can play. Like, you know, if people don't don't take enough uh, insight into how hard it actually is to hit, to hit a ball that's coming at you 95 miles an hour. Um, you know, it, it's super, super difficult. You know, that's, People get paid the big bucks to hit that ball because it's so it's so hard. It really is in, like nearly impossible 
to, you know, to do that. I I, I don't, I don't understand when people, people are always, you know, kind of putting down baseball as a sport, um, you know, because of that, because I don't get it. I think hitting a baseball might be like hitting a baseball that's coming at you in the, in the major leagues. It might be one of the most difficult things to do in a sport. And these guys have to go out there game after game after game and, and do that. You know, like it's not easy. You know, you look at yeah. the Astros and their whole cheating scandal. Even with all that cheating, even with when they knew what pitch was coming, they still weren't able to hit the ball. Like half the time, they still weren't able to hit the ball, you know, into play, right, and get on base. And that yeah. just shows you how difficult it actually is, you know, to play baseball. And for Big Poppy to do this much, you know, to do that so many times, it's really, really incredible. So. I think that that's really important, but I want to move to Big Poppy's like his his greater influence on Boston era sports because when he came over to the to the Red Sox, the Red Sox were in you know the the eighty fifth year, eighty fourth year of of a World Series drought. Which I mean, from me as a Boston fan, I didn't experience very much of that. But for a lot of people who have lived in Boston. That time when we didn't win a World Series for 86 years was some of the toughest um, to be a Red Sox fan. Like that, that was terrible. You know, there are so many moments like the Bill Buckner when the ball went right between his legs uh, in the World Series versus the Mets. There are so many moments where we were that close to breaking the curse. And when Big Poppy came, the, the whole like the whole momentum shift, and and, and you know, when we were able to win that first World Series in 2004, it was like a it was like a sigh of relief for the city of Boston. Like we had finally broken this curse. I mean, I don't know how superstitious Nate is, but I mean, not you know going to win you know World Series after World Series or appearing in a bunch of them, and then not winning one for 86 years after a trade. I mean, I don't even know, but it seems to me like there might have been some sort of curse. But anyways. Big Poppy, he came, not only did he win the World Series one time, he came and he won it in 04, 07, and 2013. So he won it three times for the city of Boston, and where a city hadn't seen it in, in you know, 86 years. So, like, Nate, what, 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 what are your thoughts on that whole, you know, breaking the curse and Big Poppy's, you know, he really became a, a, a prominent figure in Boston sports. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean... It's it's hard to say that he was solely responsible right. for, the, no, yeah. for the turnaround because we know how much of a team sport right, right. Uh, baseball is. As one 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 player can't can't change the whole outcome right. of a season, but that's true. Just the impact he had in the locker room as soon as he came. I mean, he was just always loose and always just a great clubhouse guy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he almost brought him to the World Series his first year in two thousand three. Right. If they made Game Seven against the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you could argue that he single-handedly um, won that series against the Yankees in 04 with the right. back-to-back walk-offs and bring him back. Of yeah. The whole like, moment. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he was the only player who was on all three World mm-hmm. Series teams, so there's got to be some correlation there. And he just, like, he played such a big role. I mean, even in 2013, um, he was, what, like 37, 38 mm-hmm. at the time. He hit seven, 700 in the World Series. I mean, that's just absolutely unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just knows how to be 
turn it on when the lights are at their brightest. And I mean, right. he just, he, he just, he took, took on the role of being a leader mm-hmm. and, and being, being the center of the Red Sox for the city of Boston. And I mean, obviously the famous speech in 2013 yes. kind of took it as his responsibility to speak yeah. for the team and speak for the city of Boston right. and just like say how everyone else was feeling. Right. Um, so, you know, I was, I was just going to get to that. So, you know, when we talk about sports players, I like to not only just talk about, you know, what they're, what they did in the sport. Cause I think that's important, but I want, I, I like, I like to pick certain players who did something that's bigger than just what they did in their sport, what, what they were able to like influence around them. And, and moving to what Nate was just talking about in 2013, obviously in April, there was the Boston marathon bombs, right? And so, you know, that whole week, I mean, I remember living through it. I'm sure Nate remembers living through it. Um, you know, it was a very scary week because obviously, you know, the, the guys were still on the run and, you know, it was a very tense situation throughout the city of Boston. Baseball games were canceled or postponed, um, you know, to the end of the week. And obviously when they caught him, um, you know, they were, they were allowed to play again. And so I was actually at, at that game, the first game back, um, uh, after the Boston Marathon bombings. And what Big Poppy did for that city um, right then, I think, was super, super important. I think what he did for the city of Boston was was really crucial because at that moment, a lot, and there was like, there wasn't, there was fear, but there was a lot of sadness. Um, obviously, the Boston Marathon is one of the greatest marathons in the entire world. Um, and, and to have such a, such a, a terrible thing happen, you know, yeah, as Nate said, he took it as as you know his own. It, he he felt it just as much as as we did. He was he was hurting with us. And for someone who you know wasn't from the United States, who's from the Dominican Republic, right? And he you know moved to the United States. It shows how much he really cared about the city of Boston. Um, and you know, obviously the speech where you know he drops an f bomb, but no one really cared. He he was just expressing how he felt. And he was the first part of that healing process that began and that, you know, hasn't stopped. And he, he was Boston strong. Um, and, and I think that was incredibly, you know, important for him to do. But it was really, really important for the city to start that healing process. And, and you know, obviously that year they won the World Series. And, and it was like we were able to kind of put that World Series and kind of and have all of us be a part of it, um, which I think was really, really important. Um, so, Nate, what are your thoughts on on that whole the Boston Marathon and and his speech? Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely like, no, like the whole f bomb thing. Like, obviously, public event, lots of people watching on TV. Mm-hmm. Lots of you're kids. not supposed to be, yeah, not supposed to be using profane <laughs> language. But I remember even I was watching it on TV and. Um, they didn't bleep it out or anything um, because everyone was just feeling the same way. Right. And he was the one that said it. Um, mm-hmm. So he just gave a voice to so many people that were feeling the exact same way. And I think the fact that nobody called him out for it, they didn't bleep it out on TV. No, like there was no, nobody had a problem with it. And that just showed that like, it was the right thing to say in that moment. Um, and it just, it, it's, I mean, it'll go down in history that, that, that video, come up very often every time 2013 seasons referenced every Boston marathon. It's just, it's, it's just an iconic video at this point. So yeah, I think it was a great thing that he did and 
I think again, just taking taking over the leadership role and speaking for the team and for the city of Boston. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that and that whole season was incredibly emotional, obviously, because it happened at the beginning of the season. Um, and and you know what he did was was you know I can't say it enough. It was it was really really important. Um, we all kind of shared that feeling uh, at that same time. Um, so Nate, I have a couple of questions for you. Um, so. Obviously, the Baseball Hall of Fame, you know, is is has tons of players uh, who have who have achieved great things in their career, uh, and I want to, you know, I, I'm not as big of a baseball fan as you are, and I don't know as much about the sport as you do, so I wanted to know, you know, what are your opinions on on Big Poppy, and you know, obviously he's been inducted into the into the Red Sox Hall of Fame, um, but what do you what do you think are his chances of being inducted into the into the MLB Hall of Fame? Oh, I think his chances are, are huge. Um, I mean, he's not eligible, I think, for one more year. Yeah, he's not eligible uh, for, for a little while longer. but Yeah, but I think definitely as soon as he's eligible, he'll, be, he'll easily make it in first ballot. I mean, he's, he's the greatest uh, designated hitter of all time. Mm-hmm. And he's just, I mean, I don't think there's any, any question about it. Um, he'll be, he'll definitely make it in first ballot. I mean, right. it might not be unanimous just because how rare that is, but, right. but I mean, I, I don't think there'll be any, any question on whether he deserves it. Right. I mean, you know, he, has the, he has the accolades, right? He was a 10 time all-star. He was a world series MVP. He won three world series. He was a seven time silver slugger. He's the one Hank Aaron award. He's won the Roberto Clemente award. You know, he has all these different, and, you know, beyond what he, you know, his, his, his stats, he has all these accolades and awards that he's gotten over the years that I think, I think really speak to how, you know, how he really revolutionized the position of designated hitter. Um, because, you know, obviously him and, uh, you know, players like him, I believe Miguel Cabrera was in a DH. I hope he was, um, I, you know, I think he was a DH, but, you know, he really, he really changed the position and really made it. Um, not just a position for, you know, just an extra guy to hit, but someone who was a really, really strong hitter. And we've seen, um, you know, you know, uh, Martinez, who was, you know, arguably the next kind of DH of the Red Sox, uh, you know, obviously have an incredible season in 2018. So you know, I think a lot of the, the, the stuff that happens with the DH position uh, is because of David Ortiz, like you said, Nate. So I think that, you know, I think that, I hope his chances are really good because he definitely deserves um, a nomination into the Hall of Fame. I think he does. Uh, so, uh, so Nate, is there a particular uh, favorite memory or, or favorite memories that you have of David Ortiz during his career in Boston? Anything that really sh- comes out to you and, and strikes you as uh, incredible? question i definitely remember the the grand slam in 2013 against the tigers um mm-hmm. i remember watching that one and just being just like you knew it was gonna happen mm-hmm. when he came up with the bases loaded we're down by four runs like david ortiz he hits it up first pitch just you just it was it was inevitable um, right and i don't know there was another one during his final season i was at a game um, and I remember he hit like an absolute bomb. Um, 
and it was, I just remember thinking like, that's probably the last home run I'm going to see him hit like in person. Right. But yeah, I don't know. He just had so many great moments. It's hard to choose. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, ones, it's, it's but, a difficult question. And, yeah. and, and looking at it now, I probably should have been a little bit more specific. Maybe I should have said favorite memory, uh, uh, you know, in the postseason, or, or at least, you know, in the world series or cut it down a little bit. Cause so that might have been a, a pretty loaded Excuse question me. there, uh, with, with with too many answers, uh, too many answers. Um, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, my favorite memories of David Ortiz are are, are this pretty much the same ones. Um, he just you know, he, whenever he comes up to the plate, you know, you, you there's just like a you just have like this feeling, right? Like he's got he could you know anything can happen. He could just hit an absolute bomb of a home run, and and you know the game completely changes um you know obviously the one against the tigers was huge because it sent you know it, it set it tied the game up um and, you know he's just clutch you know he has so many he has 11 walk-off home runs which you know if you think about it it's really really difficult to even get in a position to have a walk-off home run and then to have 11 of them it, it's ridiculous and he's two in the postseason you know and, and and the biggest thing about David Ortiz, and I think I think people don't look at this enough, is you know these are his stats, but he was walked so many, so many, so many times, intentionally walked, where they just didn't, the pitchers just absolutely didn't want to throw to him. So there was a lot of opportunities that he had, or I guess didn't have, you know, because of that. And I think that that doesn't get looked at enough, you know, the intentional walk. Because it's not really a, it's a stat that's hard to track because it's not it's not included in your batting average, it's included in OPS. But you know, a lot of people look at batting average first, and and you know, his plate appearances, he has so many of them, and then when you look at how many hits he actually had, it's kind of crazy because they don't factor in how many times where he just went up to the plate and the pitcher just didn't want to throw at him and just walked him, you know. And, yeah. you know, I think that I think that that's kind of crucial uh, to look at. So one, one last question for you, Nate. Now, do you think David Ortiz is and I'll give you I, I'll give you a couple options here. Do you think he's the clutchest hitter of all time? Or would you say like he's the clutchest hitter of like this era? Maybe, you know, what, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard for me to answer just because I obviously wasn't around for a lot of the best baseball players. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I mean, I, he's definitely the, the most clutch player I've ever seen. I mean, I, I watch a lot of baseball, like even when the Red Sox aren't in the postseason, I still watch. And mm-hmm. I just, I can't, another player doesn't come to mind to think of like just consistently being clutch. I mean, there are a lot of great players in the game, but like very few of them, consistently produce when the game's on the line mm-hmm. um yeah yeah and, like, yeah to the to the level and to the amount that david ortiz does you know like there are some players who who you know have a couple clutch moments throughout their career but david ortiz did it so so often that it it it, it almost it just it, it surpasses anyone anyone recently you know and, and when we look at you know there have obviously been clutch moments and you know, if this episode were maybe recorded like last year or, or I guess maybe, mm, yeah, probably around last year, 
I would have said, well, Jose Altuve, you know, he's a really, really clutch postseason hitter. But, you know, now I can't say that because he just wasn't. He, knew, he just knew what pitches were coming. Um, but, <laughs> sorry, I got to get my shots at the Ashes when I can. No, I, I just don't like them. Um, and, and I just, you know, I think that David Ortiz, you know, obviously I've said this, but I think, you know, he was more than just a baseball player. You know, last year, I think it was last year, when he got shot, in in, Domin- in the Dominican Republic, there was a whole rally of support uh, around here in the Boston area for him because he had done so much for us as a city that we 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 wanted to repay that in any way we could have, and and you know we just we revere this guy and we talk about the Boston greats and I think that Boston sports is the best sports not only in like the achievements and accolades but I think in the fan base itself. There's there's so much, you know, even when the Red Sox were terrible, you know, you know, in, in, you know, in all those years when they didn't win a World Series, you know, tons of people still showed up to games um, because they just love the Red Sox. I think just people love Boston sports. We talk about the Boston greats. We talk about Bill Russell, Larry Bird, you know, obviously Tom Brady and David Ortiz and, and Bobby Orr. Um, but they're, you know, they really changed the city and they really – you know, and, and that's why Boston sports people love to watch because there's so many great players that people also are able to look up to as, as, um, I'm at a lost words. Uh, people are able to look up to. And, and I think that that's really important. Um, so I think that David Ortiz really meant more to the city than, than just as a baseball player. So, Nate, do you have any final thoughts or final comments about, about what we've been talking about today? Yeah, just go down for what you were saying. I mean, I think you got to give them a little bit extra credit too, because there's so many people that come to Boston and it, it breaks them. I mean, like mm-hmm. if you look at like Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford in 2012, Bobby Valentine, like mm-hmm. that, that whole group of people. Like, there's so many people that just can't handle playing in Boston because, as you said, like the fans are so passionate that they'll they'll be with you when you're great, but if you're not great, they'll right. let you hear it. Yeah. And, some people can can use that to their advantage and use it to push them, and other people it just it's too much for them and they can't they can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you got to take that into account when you think about David Ortiz too, because not only did he learn how to deal with playing in Boston, he he stepped right in and mm-hmm. it changed him, and it made him the player he was. Right, he know. used it to his yeah. advantage better than anyone else has ever. Um, and so I think you just got to remember that too, like just where he's playing in the in the market he's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just also contributes to like how clutch he is because it's it's the big time. Playing right. in Boston is is not it's not like you're playing for like the Orioles. Right. No, you're, it's definitely not like you're playing for the Orioles you. or the Marlins or you know <laughs> any of the teams who yeah. who who can get by in a season without having fans at their games. You know, Boston sports. Yeah. You're, you're going to get fans and they're going to be, you know, inebriated. They're going to be drunk and, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to let you know how they feel. They're not going to be ashamed. You know, if, if, if you're having a bad day, if you're, if you're 0 for three and three strikeouts, they're going to, you know, start heckling you, you know, yeah. Boston, when you go to a Red Sox game, when you go to a Patriots game, they're going to, they're going to let you, they're going to let you know how they feel and they're not just going to hold yeah. back. That's the, you know. You, I can guarantee Boston sports fans do not hold back with what they're going to say. They're, they're going to let yeah, you hear it. Yeah, they expect you to win. 
they expect you to win every game and mm-hmm. they expect you to win a championship every year. So anything yeah. below no, and that nothing less. is a disappointment. Yeah. So I think, you know, there is, you know, I think that added level definitely needs to be considered. So yeah, that's all I have for today. Um, I wish I had more, but maybe I just didn't do enough, a good enough job preparing, but you know, that's on me. Um, no, this was, this was good. <laughs> I'd like to thank Nate for joining us here today. Um, it was really a pleasure to have you. And of course you're welcome back anytime, obviously. Um, and, and you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then, you know, to the audience, thank you again you know, for listening to another one of these. Uh, again, I'm just trying to pr- provide as much content as I can. Because I know, you know, from what I keep hearing, people are very, very bored um, and don't have a lot to do. So I think that, you know, this new content, look, it might not be the greatest thing in the world, all these, but I know it's better than watching, like, re-watching shows that you've already watched. So keep that in mind. Um, And, you know, know, stay safe and stay inside because I really, I cannot stand staying in, you know, my house any longer. So if we all, if we all do this together, maybe we'll get out of this, you know, whole coronavirus situation sooner rather than later. Uh, Thank you all for listening to another episode of the master plan. I am your host and, and have a great day.